0: as many of you know, uh, Chris and I are dog people, and um, last September, one of our dogs uh, got uh, uh, leukemia, blood disease, not leukemia, lymphoma. Uh, One of our dogs got lymphoma and passed away in September, and it was a hard time for us, and those of you that are dog lovers, you know when you lose a dog, it's, it's tough, and uh, I was so thankful that we had a second dog, and his name is Bonsai, a little long-haired dachshund, and, and he's been a real comfort to Chris and me, and I was so thankful that we had a second dog, so we weren't dog-less, because we're dog people. And uh, I said to Chris, you know, I really want to get a puppy. At, at that time, I just thought, you know, let's go out and get a puppy and get going with raising a dog, and she said, wintertime in Bozeman, too hard to raise a puppy with all the snow, and they don't like to go out in the snow. Snow, those little short legs just kinda get buried and kinda hard to potty train a dog in the winter. So she said, no dogs in the winter time. I said, okay. So um, I, I laid off and I just figured spring, summer was a good time to start having a dog. And uh, about February time frame, February or maybe early March, I didn't write it down, but I had one of those dreams where you wake up and you're not sure if the dream was real or if it was a dream. Have you had those kinds of dreams? They're just so vivid that you don't, you don't quite know what to think of it. And I woke up and I remembered the details so vividly. And in this dream, I was coming home, like I do so often, and I was expecting my little dog, Bonsai, uh, to be there waiting for me, but when I came in the door, he was there, and there was a second dog there. And in my, do- in my dream, I recognized that dog to be the dog that had passed on. His name is Gilligan, but he didn't look like Gilligan. Gilligan was a little black, uh, long-haired dachshund, real dark, chalky black coat, and, and when I looked down in my dream, he didn't have that black coat, but he was a white dog with black spots all over him. And I had had, years ago, I had a Cocker Spaniel that was white with big black spots. And it was like it was a combination of those two dogs. And I woke up from that dream, and although it was a dream about dogs... I just had this strong feeling about that dream. I I wasn't sure that it was from God, but I knew I had to find that dog that I dreamed about. Okay? (laughs) Kind of bizarre. I'm not this kind of a person, but I became obsessed. I was driving Chris crazy because I would get online and I was doing puppy searches and I started looking for dachshund breeders in Montana. And there's only two or three and, and they don't carry those kinds of fancy dachshund dogs. And so I started expanding my search to Idaho and Washington, the Dakotas, you know, f- thinking I'll, I'll travel if I can find that little black and white spotted long-haired dachshund dog. I just knew I had to have that dog couldn't find it. I finally started just not even specifying where I wanted to go. I just started doing nationwide searches uh, for, for this particular dog. And I'm not kidding. I started this in about February. And every time I would find a dog that fit my specifications, he was either sold or he had the wrong coat type or, or, or whatever, wrong sex. We wanted a male. Uh, I, I just couldn't find this dog. For months, I could not find this dog. And I finally got a little discouraged and I figured, well, Probably wasn't God giving me that dream anyway. I really want a puppy, and uh, maybe I can settle for something different. So uh, a a week and a half ago, when Chris and I were getting ready to go down to Boise for our trip, I knew there's dachshund breeders in the Boise area, so I figured I'll just see if I can find a puppy down in the Boise area. And so um, I I got online on the classifieds in the Boise paper, and sure enough, there were two litters of pups, And I started corresponding with one of the breeders, and they had a litter of three males. Uh, Two were chocolate, and one was black, and the black little boy was really cute. And I said to Chris, you know, I'm never going to find that black and white spotted one. And if I do, it's going to be too expensive to ship him, or I'd have to fly and get him. I mean, it would just be ridiculous. I think maybe we'll just buy this little puppy in Boise and just settle for this little guy who's pretty cute. And uh, I was just about ready to email the breeder and say, you know, I think we'll take that black dog. And I thought to myself, I'm just going to do one more search to see if I can find that black and white dog. So I got online. I found a website that I had never found before when I Googled it. It had hundreds of dogs and puppies all over the United States. And about six pages in, as I'm scrolling down, six pages in, I, found, I find the exact puppy I'm looking for. He's white with black spots, little black mask on his face, about three weeks old, long hair. It's a boy. It's everything I'm looking for. He's in Texas, okay? <laughs> I'm thinking, this is ridiculous, Texas. So I emailed the breeder. I start talking to him, and on email, we're, we're trading pictures and talking about money and all that kind of stuff, and, and I said to him, when will this puppy be ready to come home? I had this little glimmer of hope in my mind, uh, but I wasn't sure. And he emailed me back, and he said, this puppy will be ready June 16th. Well, it just so happens that Chris has been asked to speak at a convention uh, in her line of work in Dallas. The 14th, 15th, and 16th. She's flying home from Dallas on the 16th of June. The breeder lives close to Dallas. He's going to deliver that puppy to Chris, and she's going to fly home with that puppy. Put the picture up, would you, Michael? Here's our little boy. Our other dog's name is Bonsai. We've named this one Samurai. Now, I, I, let me tell you why I'm sharing this story with you. It's just weird. The coincidences are just weird, aren't they? And Chris and I were on our trip last week, and, and I said to Chris at one point, I looked over, we both have the dog on our phones, you know, we just keep... Chris kisses her phone, you know, looking at the puppy. <laughs> we're kind of taken with this dog. And I looked at Chris at one point on our trip, and I said, Chris, what does this mean? What, what does this experience mean? Because I had this this dream that felt spiritual, you know, but I don't want to over-spiritualize things. I, I don't like doing that, but then there's this bizarre coincidence that the puppy is ready to come the day that Chris flies home from Dallas. What does this mean? And she looked at me and she said, she said, I think it means that God cares about the smallest things in our lives, and if he can take care of the small things in our lives, he is more than able to take care of the big things in our lives. He's more than able to take care of the big things. And and you guys know that we've been praying for a bigger facility, and and uh, I've been worrying about it because it's been a long search. And Chris said, God knows what we need. What we need. And if he can pinpoint a puppy to the day that I fly home from Dallas, he knows exactly where that building is and what we need, and he will be on time for that event. I think that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Okay, that's story number one. Let me tell you another story. We went down to Boise because um, Chris's mom and dad, well, we went down for two reasons. Her niece was having a big... Uh, Quinceañera, which is a Mexican uh, celebration of a girl's 15th birthday. And we went down for that. But also, at the same time, Chris's mom and dad are relocating to Boise. They've been missionaries in Mexico for 15 years. And uh, Chris's dad is, how old is your dad? Seventy? 76? Needs increased medical attention, so they're moving the base of their operations to Boise. They're still working in Mexico. They'll take several trips a year, and they're directing things from Boise. But after 15 years, they're moving home. Tough transition. And so we wanted to be there to help them move into their home and stuff. And uh, they packed up everything in Mexico across the border. It's been a huge ordeal. But they were coming home, and they had no place to land. They have a church in Boise that they're connected to, actually in Nampa, outside of Boise. And uh, this church has generously supported them for years. And the pastor of that church told them, when you come home, there will be a place for you to live. We're going to find you a place to live. Well, they crossed the border. They were traveling home. they, They had no place. There was no place arranged for them, no place for them to go. And I started worrying, you know, and I'm like you know, are you crazy people moving home and you're bringing home this giant truck full of furniture? How are you going to find a place to live? You know, you should have taken care of that ahead of time. I'm thinking all of this, you know, in my human mind, (laughs) not having much faith in the Lord. And, uh, they start traveling. They got to uh, twin falls, which is about two hours out of Nampa. And, uh, And they had to stop for the night. It was just so emotional. They could have easily gotten home, but they stopped for the night, checked into a motel, and and they called Chris. Chris's mom was crying, and it was just very emotional. We have no place to go. This is hard. Did we make a mistake? You know, you ask yourself all these questions. And so we were praying with them and for them through that night. The next day, we get this very excited phone call from Chris's mom and dad. The pastor of the church just called, and they have a place for us to live. It's perfect. And I said, well, how do they know it's perfect? Well, the pastor told him it's perfect. he said it on the phone, you know. <laughs> and again, not, not thinking in faith, I, I, I said to myself, well, how can it be perfect if you haven't seen it? You know, how do you know that it's perfect? Uh, well, they got to Nampa. They went to see the house, and it was exactly perfect for them. Let me tell you how the how it happened. Uh, it was a miracle, and it was a miracle on two ends. I'll tell you, Judy's parent or Chris's parents' end first. When they got there, they found out that the pastor the Sunday before had just made an announcement in his church. Uh, Judy and Tito are moving home. They need a place to live, and if anybody knows, or if you have a place. Uh, to provide for them, uh, just let me know. And a man stood up right there in church and he said, I have a house, Uh, I think it will be perfect for them. And uh, so right on time, here it was, Uh, they had bought this house and they were planning to flip it, but they hadn't put it on the market yet. And when he heard that there was a need, he said, instead of flipping it, we'll just rent it and and it'll meet their needs. And so they got there. It was an older home, had been completely redone on the inside. New sheetrock, new appliances, new paint, everything was fresh, everything's brand new. Uh, three bedrooms, just exactly what they need, nice kitchen, garage, the whole works. It was perfect. It was a miracle. In just a, a few hours, God provided what they needed. So we got there. We're helping them move in and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, the second day they were there, the landlord pulled up and was parked in the driveway. And uh, the landlord and his wife came up and we were meeting them. And they said, we need to tell you the story of this house because it's a miracle." And we said, well, yeah, we know it's a miracle. And she said, no, you don't understand. It really is a miracle. She said, we flip houses for a living. And she said, we always go and view a house together and make the decision, will we buy this together? But one day, my husband got a a, a call from his realtor, and the realtor said, you need to come see this place. My husband went without me, and he made a decision right then and there to buy the house. And he didn't consult me. And she said, I was really kind of annoyed because that's not the way we do things. So I asked him, why did you buy the house without asking me? And he said, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to buy this house. He said, the house belonged to a missionary couple who had moved home from the mission field. And they'd lived in the house for a number of years. And the husband had died and his wife needed to move into a nursing home and she needed money right away. And he said, I felt a spiritual impulse that I needed to buy this house. So I just bought it. And she said, well, okay, I'm I'm okay with that. They built a friendship with this missionary lady. She moved into a nursing home and she began to pray that whoever moved into this house would be somebody that would use that house for ministry. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and the time came when the house was all done, they were ready to put it on the market, that little old missionary lady in the nursing home was praying that the right couple would move in that house and at just the right time, Everything came together, and my in laws moved into that little house. It was a miracle. It was a miracle. This is what Psalm 91 says. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. I'm going to read the whole chapter. Psalm 91. Are you there? Psalm 91. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust in Him. Now listen, some of you need to hear this. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you ...from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. We've seen this this last couple of weeks... ...that my in-laws have been protected and sheltered... ...by the feathers of the Lord. Verse 5. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night... ...or the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disasters that strike at midday. Some of you have been afraid because of disease or because of disaster that seems to be all around you. It says, don't be afraid. Why? Verse 7, because though a 1,000 will fall all around you, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes. See how the wicked are punished, but not you. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample on lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says this, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name and when they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Let me read those last two verses one more time. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. I felt so unsettled in my spirit this week uh, because I just felt that I needed to share these stories with you and read this psalm to you because I I just sense that there's some of you here today that you've been filled with fear and you've, you've started to question your faith and you've been stepping out in faith and you've been moving on in your lives but you're terrified. I I know that some of you have been struck with family tragedy, and it's shaken you. I know that some of you have been touched by sickness and disease, and it's shaken you. And I want you to know today that God sees you. He knows you. He knows where you are, and he cares, and he's never, ever late. He's sending a puppy to us right on time. Do you think he doesn't know about your job? Do you think he doesn't know about your family situation? Do you think he doesn't know all about you and care about you and gather you close to him? He cares and he knows. And today I just feel so strongly that we need to minister to people in prayer today. And uh, today's the the day that I had planned to... to, uh, share with you my last message in this message series no guilt just love and i've got it ready to go this morning i don't care if i even teach it if we have time i will if we don't we'll just pray together today but i just know in my gut deep inside of me that some of you today need to experience the presence of the lord yes so this is what i this is what i want us to do Uh, i'd like to ask you to stand if you would And if you need prayer today, if you need ministry, uh, whatever it is, would you uh, come quickly to the front? Could, could we maybe even just move these front, this front row of chairs out of the way? I know you kids are sitting there. Uh, if you could just, let's just make a little more room. Thank you. If you need prayer, come on to the front. And can we just make a a long line straight across the front? If you need prayer ministry today. And if we need to wrap around, we can do that. Make Make a single file line, would you please? All the way across and we can wrap around that direction if we need to. want to come before we start to pray? All right, Chris, will you come and join me? And then any of you this morning, uh, whoever you are, if you feel uh, full of faith this morning, and you would like to join Chris and me in ministering in prayer, would you come and join us in in front of this group of people? Okay. (laughs) Perfect. Oh, we got a bunch of people coming. Awesome. Those of you that are still sitting or standing by your chairs, uh, you can join us in prayer. Uh, You can sing with Pastor John. Uh, He's going to lead us in some familiar worship songs. And uh, we're going to begin to pray. We've never done this before like this, but this is what I want to do. Uh, Chris and I are going to start over with Bill. And we're just going to move down the line. Chris and I are. And would the rest of you just follow us? Could you just do that? And that way, every person is going to get prayed for by about 20 people. How powerful can that be? All right? And uh, we're going to take some time. you all are okay if we just spend some time in the presence of the Lord? Is this okay? All right? And uh, you guys out there sing, pray, lift up this group. And those of you that are here to pray, you can follow us. Or if you feel prompted to pray ahead of us, I don't care. Uh, Let's just get these people into the presence of the Lord and experiencing God's power and his provision and his miracles. Okay? All right. Let's go. coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you. It's all about you.